KVLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. I'm Dominique Prima. <laughs> this show is called First Things First. And my first thing every single day, giving thanksgiving praises and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders and getting it going. Why is she talking so fast? I think I'm going to talk faster and faster and faster as election day approaches and then hopefully we can all exhale. Well, if you're not paying attention, just, uh, you know, just get grounded with my vibe because I'm like all wound up and um, yeah, just all wired on this election. So this is what's going on around here. This is how we do it. Hour one, we look to the local, what's happening on the left coast. Hour two, we go national, international and beyond. In the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest. We are in election mode, so we could just kind of sort of throw all that out the window, but um, we will be having some interesting conversations today. Of course, it's a Wealth Building Wednesday, so we'll focus in on a Black-owned or BIPOC or small or woman-owned business or a socially innovative enterprise. Okay, good. I can't even talk today. And then um, we are going to be hearing from one of the city council candidates who wants to be your council person for District 8. We are going to be hearing from Dr. David Turner, who will recap the incredible presentation that um, I attended last night. It was the People's Budget Findings, and they were uh, presented and analyzed for the mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass. And it was an, just a great meeting. Uh, lots and lots of people, community people, community organizers, um, the mayor's team rolling deep. So it was very, very powerful meeting, and we'll hear from Dr. David Turner, who was one of the main presenters uh, in that meeting. So that should be, it It promises to be quite compelling, actually, how the people want to spend the people's money. And we got a lot more going on. Uh, so buckle your seatbelt. I think we got a school board candidate. We got you, 800 9 that is the number. You are welcome in any time because this is a conversation, not a monologue. And happy Black History Month. Let's say it while we can, even though we celebrate it every day. I do have a partner in politics in studio with me today. He spent the first part of his career as a political staffer for elected officials and labor organizations. And lately he's doing strategic consultation to individuals seeking to run for organ, uh, for office and organizations empowering their communities through policy change. Um, and I'm really happy to have him in studio with me on the YouTubes. Shannon Lawrence, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. I know you're busy. It's, it's election season, so I appreciate you taking the time out to wake up early and come down to the studio. Anytime. Anytime for you. So, I, you know... Okay, I, I like to start with what's good, but I probably won't right now because the first question in my mind has to do with this voter turnout, right? Because the election is already underway. You can vote right now at any voting center if you're in L.A. And um, what, the, what we're getting right back so far is very measly at this point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think part of it is that we can attribute it to uh, this is a very quiet election. Uh you know, but also I think we can I think there's a couple of things. One, you know, the cost of campaigning is becoming astronomical. I mean, just the the you know, if this was business, the customer acquisition cost. So the cost that it takes to reach a voter in terms of what mailers cost, what, 
you know, the reality is that the, uh, you know, the, the couple of things happened a couple of, one thing happened a couple of years ago where, you know, there's no such thing as free interns anymore. So everyone who's working on your, on your. Right, right, right. I remember that. Cause we used to have lots of interns at the radio stations. Yeah. yeah and the, and somebody sued, I think it was Fox or something. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta pay every single campaign and they should be paid. Don't get me wrong. True that. True right? that. Uh, but th- it costs money. Um, AB five had an impact. So even even when it comes to uh, you used to be able to hire just independent consultants, quote unquote. Right. Um, you can't do that anymore. I mean, independent contractors. You can't do that. Everyone has to be an employee, and so you have to all of the related costs with actually hiring an employee, the payroll taxes, and and all of that stuff. It 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 nickels and dimes campaigns to the point to where they become uh, small businesses, right? Um, and so the cost of doing business is just is 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 becoming unaffordable. And, you know, for black candidates in particular, you know, raise of money has never been a strong suit for for black camp for candidate for campaigns for black candidates. Um, ah. And so the ability to raise the money just becomes harder and harder. And so um, and the secretary of state, frankly, is they've they're spending a measly amount of money as they as they have in the past to even just educate people on the fact that there is an election. So, yeah. Is that our budget crisis or is that just they don't do it? It's just not something that they take on. I wouldn't say it's a budget crisis. I think, you know, a few years ago when the state of California went to 100 uh, percent uh, vote by mail. There was a, a huge amount of some three hundred million dollars that was spent in order to just educate Californians on you're going to get a ballot at home, you're going to be able yeah, right. to vote at home. <laughs> right. Uh, COVID, uh, a lot of that, the money during COVID, uh, that that the, that budget was sustained if not increased to let people know it is safe. This is a safe way to vote. Yada 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 and participate. Now that we're out of COVID, now that you know we've been through a couple of election cycles. Um, it's not a budget crisis. It's just not a budget priority to educate people yeah. um, to vote. Which is which is odd. But um, I, I, I think you're right. A lot of people aren't tracking that we're even in an election, which right. is weird to me. Um, but at least you have a long time to vote. You can vote every single day until Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Vote centers opened up uh, on the 24th. Uh, and the beauty of it, I think, in, in, in L.A. County in particular is no longer we don't have precincts anymore. Right. right? Well, that's it feels weird, but so you can go so you can be at work and you realize, oh my goodness, I I have a few minutes. Let me go find the closest vote center and I can go vote. Um you know, we even uh you can uh register same day now. I mean, there's so many opportunities to participate uh and there's so many barriers that have been knocked down. We just we just need people to take advantage of it and participate. I mean, even little things, right? Like if you move during an election cycle or before an election cycle, uh, when you move and you do your change of address for USPS, it it can trigger your change of address for voter registration. And so we make things easy. We just need people to participate. Right. And I mean, speaking of making things easy, what a lot of folks don't pay attention to because we're used to a voter registration deadline is that you could register the same day you vote. Right. Even if it's not election day, like any day that you go to the polls, you can just pull up, register and then vote, which is new. I mean, new ish. Right. It wasn't like that when I started voting. No, no. I mean, yeah. And, you know, we I think 
one of the things that has to happen, man, is, is you know, we, we hear so much about what's wrong with our society, what's wrong with government. The reality is that voting is a solution and it's always been a solution. And it's always been the the way that our community has been able to be empowered, whether it be, you know, during in, in the in the early 1900s when we were able to elect people that look like us to Congress. Um, and so we actually have representation up until, you know, putting political pressure um, on on um, political leaders during the civil rights movement. Um, up until now, I mean, being able to elect people, whether, you know, we may like them this year, may not like them next year, but the bottom line is that we had a voice and we were able to change things that, that we want to, that we want to change. So, yeah. Um, and I think part of the, the reason that happens is because we say it is, it's a solution and people hear it's the solution. It's, it's one of the tools that we have. It's not the only thing, but it's, a thing and uh so that's a great reason uh to you know to track it to pay attention to it uh, and i also think i also think some of it is the rain like people don't want to go out anywhere and do a thing even though you could fill out your ballot and drop it in the county drop box or put it in the mail with no um stamp on it but a lot of us like to go to the polls i'm that way i like to i'll take my filled out mail-in ballot to the polls and just drop it off there even yeah. though I could put it in a mailbox near my house or I could put it in the county drop box, but they're by the library, they're by the park. No, I want to see some lady hardworking poll worker take it and put it in the little thing. That's just me. I'm thinking maybe the rain, I know it's a slow election, but I'm hoping that because of important issues like the district attorney's race, which is really key, uh, especially for you know low-income voters, for black voters, for Latina voters, that at the last minute, you know, we'll do that. And it, it does worry me because I think a lot of the elders do mail in their ballots. But at the last minute, I'm hoping, um, you know, the unlikely voters will turn up. Yeah. And I think the other part, too, is that um, I do think that I mean, I like to go to the polls myself, uh, especially like when my kids were much younger. There was something about I, I remember uh, uh, I remember taking my kids into the voting booth and letting them punch the ballot for Barack Obama. And I, and there was a there was a moment with that, right? So that they can participate in history. Um Yeah, I used to force my kid to come to <laughs> to the polling place with me. He didn't love it, but <laughs> Well, my kids would get excited because I bet he knows how to vote. <laughs> right. Well, and, and what was really cool about it was that, you know, the, the kids would get the I voted stickers afterwards. And, right, right. And so they did make it kind of fun, right? Mm -hmm. Um and now you get your sticker in the mail with your <laughs> mail-in ballot, but yeah. Um, but I also think it, it, you know, it, the, the, the conversation is different because now sitting at home around the table, you know, whether it be, you know, maybe right before dinner, right after dinner, you know, have some downtime, you can sit around as a family and kind of discuss the issues and, and talk about it. You could do research, right? Just have there. a big old fight. Just have a fight about it. <laughs> a little political discourse. I mean, that never hurts either. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's, there's not a lot of heated stuff on this ballot, but I think the DA's race is one of them, yeah. uh, you know, is probably the most heated. Um, and it's, there's 12 candidates. Um, and f in case you haven't been paying attention, you can go to KBLA1580.com. The candidate interviews are there. Um, they're grouped for you by category of whatever office to make it easy for you. And you can listen for yourself and check out, um, check out what they had to say about themselves. This is particularly useful, I think, when it comes to judges, judicial candidates, because when you hear them talk, oh boy, it's really telling. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, 
you know, that's such a that's probably one of the most consequential races on any ballot. And yet the quietest. We don't talk about it. You know, I personally wish um, we would put more emphasis as a community on on those races um, that, uh, you know, one of the things that we that we talk about is that it's a it's an all male ballot, not M-A-L-E, but M-A-I-L in terms Uh, of. Yeah. you know, you're not going to see commercials. You're not going to hear radio spots. Well, rarely you do. Um, you better hear radio spots. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But, I I hear you. Well, we'll hold that thought because we're going to continue this conversation. You're invited in 800-920-1580. 800-920-1580. We are KBLA Talk 1580, and we are your election information station. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. Ancestors' favorite radio station, radio station, and your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. right now. Right now, how blessed am I to have Shannon Lawrence with me in studio, an actual expert on these things like uh, elections and how, what not to do, what to do. Um, we do have some local races here uh, that are you know, I would say disproportionately impactful on the African-American community. Um, Council District 10 for the Los Angeles City Council, which is the one I live in, and CD8. Um, The incumbents, of course, Marquise Harris-Dawson and Heather Hutt. The CD10, which is currently occupied by Heather Hutt, is, uh, you know, got a bunch of candidates running. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they, you know, I... You know, races like that are always tough, right? Because, um, you know, I wouldn't say that there's a, I don't think there are any bad candidates in the race. Um, and certainly I don't think there's a boogeyman in the race. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's a good perspective. It's kind of, it's not like some other races. Right. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I, I hadn't thought of it that way. Like it's, it's a no lose in a way, is what you're saying. Well, I, yeah. Okay. Well, it, and yeah, you know, I, I think all of them bring very different experiences. Um, I think, um, and all of them. But I will say this: I think everyone in that race genuinely cares about the community. We're talking about ten. Yes. Okay. They genuinely care, um, and they want to do. They want to do the right thing. And I think for voters, I think that's that's a uh, that's that's good. Um, that doesn't mean don't participate. You still should figure out who you like in that race, part, uh, cast your vote. Um, you know, you have six days left. If you feel that passionate, go volunteer on their campaigns and, and, and make your voice heard. But um, you're, And you're talking about specifically CD8 and CD10, because I feel like there are some candidates in this race that are problematic. Uh, not not CD eight and CD ten necessarily, but overall. Yeah, I think in, over uh, CD fourteen. That that yeah. that's that's crazy. Right, <laughs> right. I'm talking about disgraced races, anti renter, anti indigenous, anti LGBTQ, and still he stands. Yeah. KDL. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of folks running in that race. So I definitely probably talking about a runoff, right? Yes, yeah, couple. Yeah, definitely. You have a couple of assembly members in that race, some community activists. Um, and, you know, but the thing that's so I think the thing that's craziest is that, you know, this is why elections are important and why local local elections are most important, because his constituents love him still. I mean, in spite of. Well, you know, some of them, I mean, you saw the L.A. Times polling, you know, a lot of them wanted him out of out of office, love or no love. I mean, yeah, there are some that do. And the thing that really irks me about that is that 
I feel like he is using a blatantly anti-black um, vibe to get reelected. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and he's not running against anybody black, but he's running against blackness. There is one black candidate. Yeah, there. that's right. It's, right. it's an African-American woman. Uh, I, I forgot her name. But. Yeah, that's right. There is one. But, I mean, for the most part, it's yeah. Latino versus Latino, but he's running against the idea of us. Yeah, and, you know, and I'll say this. I think one of the things that, that always challenged me is, that, is this notion that, because oh, to that point about, anti-blackness um it's also a very pro-immigrant stance which is fine but the challenge with that is that when we think about this city it's about 40 different uh it's about 40 different populations of people who have a larger population here in los angeles they do in, in their home countries and so really yeah so oh i didn't know that so immigrants don't just come from south of of uh of the border they come from literally from the caribbean from africa from right. everywhere um and we don't talk about that enough and we don't talk about that enough when it comes down to immigrant rights when it comes down to immigrant equity uh, and opportunities because to your point those folks have darker skin they have coarser hair they you know all of these different things that really speak to you know black immigrants and so i think you know raising that issue i think is critically important um, not just over in the 14th, but I think in the city overall. I mean, I'm uh, I'm going to also say that I think um, the uh, race to unseat Nithya Raman is pretty shady. I mean, in 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 my opinion, um, you've got police unions backing uh, a candidate just to try to get revenge because she voted against these massive raises right. for. Uh, LAPD, which, you know, a lot of progressives were applauding that. And I feel like even if you are not in her district, uh, this is a person to to support, whether it's door knocking or or sending some money or whatever. She's got two opponents. She's got a deputy city attorney, a prosecutor, Ethan Weaver. That's where all the cop money is going and his priority uh, is to criminalize the homeless while well, he says get them off the streets. But we know what that means. And the other one is Leon Lev Baronian, who's a software engineer. But the threat is Ethan Weaver because he's got police union money. And I just hate that a candidate can be targeted like that for a vote that's in alignment with what we the people voted in. It's the same situation in the district attorney's race. Yeah, and I mean... Let's be honest. Is it really just about that cop vote, or is it, or is it about representation on the city council and making sure that there is uh, not <laughs> representation of certain groups, of certain beliefs, of of certain things, right? Um, but I also think that it becomes dangerous when, to me, it's dangerous when you really try to snuff out the opinion of someone who you who and you categorize them to be an opponent. I think, <clears throat> I think in the conversation around. Um, in that conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, I would welcome someone who challenges why I should not get the money that I deserve because it gives me an opportunity. <laughs> it gives me an opportunity to try to justify it. You right? must be a progressive. <laughs> <laughs> you you mean you don't my little sunshine, <laughs> a little sanitizing sunshine on your? Uh, yeah, I mean I think that's right. I, it, but when the challenge, when you know, when your opinion and your vote, which is based on your understanding of what your voters want. And also, I mean, let's take, let's face it, 
progressives are being targeted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she's a progressive. Uh, you know, there is a progressive block in the city council. I think it's important that we keep one. Right. And, you know, I just I just think she's she's probably fighting the toughest battle right now for a city council seat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do think that they see her as an easy target, yep. uh, which is unfortunate. And um, but, you know, Nithya is also proven. I'm sorry. Councilwoman Raman has also proven herself to be a fighter. She's proven that she has the tenacity <clears throat> to stand toe to toe with anyone in opposition. Um, she's a coalition builder. Um, and so I think I think because of that, um, she will make her message uh, clear to voters in her district and I think they will reciprocate. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. I love this. Uh, Shannon Lawrence is here making us all feel a little less doomy and gloomy in what's been an otherwise pretty doomy, gloomy couple of weeks. Um, 809-20-1580 if you've got an opinion, even if you don't agree, because I, too, do not mind a little sanitizing uh, sunshine in my day. 809-20-1580, news, traffic, sports, then more on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Shannon Lawrence is my guest. And you know, tell us, um, like, if folks want to <laughs> next time, because it's too late for this campaign, but if they want your help and you got, and we're kind of, we're being careful because there's folks that you're working with. And so, right. you know, disclosure, blah, blah, blah. We be ethical around here, not like them right wing stations. Anyway, um, if they want to reach you, if they wanted to consult with you or hire you to help them run for office, you know who you are. What would they do? Uh, feel free to go to my website, www.inkwellcg.com. Uh, that's I-N-K-W-E-L-L-C, as in uh, cat, G as in goat, dot com. Um, or you can feel free to email me, Shannon at inkwellcg.com, or call me 310-870-7550. Well, okay. Oh, sorry. 310-870-7550. Mm-hmm. I was hesitating to have you say it again because uh, people might call you, but it's all good. Yeah. Um, so, so much to unpack. Uh, I do think they're targeting progressives. I said that. Clearly, that's happened with the district attorney's race, where almost everyone running against incumbent DA Gascon is works for him. Mm-hmm. There are prosecutors that are that don't <clears throat> like the progressive policies which we the voters called for, and they want him out. Now you can see for yourself. Not, there's a couple that don't fit that category. Right. Um, Nathan Hawkman and, and uh, Jeff Chimerinsky come to mind. Chimerinsky is running slightly to the right. Mm-hmm. So he's not, you know, all the way to the right of George Gascon. Um, and the rest of them are pretty far right and righter, conservative and conservativer. Right. Yeah. It's, the, the pendulum shift is very, very interesting um, because I think, I think, uh, I think voters, I think to a large extent, it is what we asked for. Um, and then we realize what we're getting and there is a bit of like a, whoa, like maybe it's too much that voters may be feeling or that other candidates may think that, that they can answer that. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the KBLA public policy, um, public safety survey that we recently released Mm -hmm. with the Viteris, it shows black people think reform hasn't gone far enough. Now that may be, that may be different in other communities, you know, 
um, <clears throat> people on the West Side may be waking up going, what did I sign up for? Oh, getting rid of anti-blackness? Well, all at once, really? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, maybe there's buyer's remorse. I really feel like it's these law and order, old-fashioned, Pete Wilson-style candidates whipping up, you know, fear-mongering. Fear, yeah. Because the other than the retail theft, which... It's, it's, you know, it's not great, but it's not life-threatening most of the time. We're, we're talking about crime being down since the pandemic, and yet everyone's being told to be afraid. And I understand that people have a right to feel safe. I'm not saying that, you know, your your feelings are not to be honored, but I think a lot of it has is a strategy. That is a strategy, right? Absolutely. Scare people into voting for me. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a uh, I don't like it personally. I think it, it's horrible. Unfortunately, the reason why they do it is because it works. Yeah. Also, I um, mean, yeah, that's I remember the first time Antonio Villaraigoso ran for office when they did that. Um, you know, he's a scary Mexican who's friends with drug dealers and he and his campaign just tanked. Yeah. It was like overnight. Yeah. And it, it, it it's horrible that um, that people that people feel that they can do that. I think, um, you know, there are some consultants who specialize in hit pieces and in, in negative campaigning. Um, like I said, if, if it didn't, if it didn't work, I think people wouldn't do it. And unfortunately right. it works. And which is why I think it's also critical that we continue to have conversations around politics and public policy and what that means for our communities and for our homes, because I think that's a that is a very natural way to inoculate yourself against negative campaign ads because you don't get caught up in the sensationalism of what's of what candidate is saying or not saying or the accusations, but you can really focus in on what does this mean for me what does mm -hmm. this mean for my children mm -hmm. what does it mean for my, my kids school all of those things are important in a huge huge city uh, and county like los angeles does door knocking still work oh absolutely yeah it's still uh, we just don't do it as much i mean it's expensive like i said the cost of campaigning has risen mm -hmm. exponentially we just don't do it as but much. we are allowed to volunteer on campaigns if we oh, yeah, go yeah. down we can door knock they don't have to give you a w-2 or anything you no. can just show up absolutely yeah that's still good and phone <clears throat> you know phone calls still mm -hmm. work text banking still works um you know I, let me just say this for people um when you get a phone call or a text and they're asking you your opinion <clears throat> Don't ignore it. Please give it. I think one of the things that I think that uh, that we see is that the mainstream media will put out poll numbers. But oftentimes our opinions are not represented in those because we just don't participate in them. And it's really, really important that we participate when they mm -hmm. ask you, what do you think about this race? What do you think about this issue? Give an opinion. OK, so that's interesting. So. I mean, it's one of the reasons why KBLA 1580 is doing polling. We just right. did one on on public safety. The newest one is, you know, a groundbreaking uh, on environmental issues. And it's all black likely voters in L.A. County. Uh, we talked about the impacts of pollution and climate change on the community. Uh, and it is really interesting. They are views that you don't hear mm -hmm. um, from black voters. We get that there's a direct connection, for example, between environmental justice, social justice, civil rights. Anyone can go see that at KBLA1580.com. But the point is, when we he see these polls and then the results come back so different than the polling, um, that that may be one reason. I always thought it was because they mostly call landlines, and landlines are mostly old people. Uh, I mean, because, you know. Calling cell phones now. 
Yeah, well, they've never called me, uh, you know, ever, ever, right. never. But, uh, and, uh, you know, but I'm just saying, I know that they have shifted to technology somewhat because I get a lot more junk calls and stuff. That said, if we're not participating, we're hanging up on the people or not answering the online survey, that that shows part of the reason why they're skewed, right? Yep, absolutely. Is that true of other communities like Latinos or Asians or young people? Like who, are there any other communities that in mass say, no, thank you? Um, I haven't heard that, so I, I don't know mm, that to be true. Okay, it's a black thing, <laughs> as we used to say back in the day. <laughs> you know, but I, but I think the, uh, the but the and the excuse that they give, to be honest right. with you, is you know, black folk make up such a small percentage of the population, and so when they do a random sampling, they don't need as many of our opinions um, in order to meet the the threshold to be able to say what well, we have spoken. I think Michael Jackson wrote a song about it. <laughs> Yeah, and you know they don't really care about us. <laughs> and so, and, and so <laughs> when you, and so when you right. get that phone call, right? As a progressive, mm. as someone who cares, it's critically important mm. that your opinion is counted. Otherwise, guess what? Because we all know that all skin folk and kin folk, they gonna call somebody that may have the same, that meet the same. And they call Tim Scott twelve times, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, count <laughs> well. Well, I mean, it's it's bad news and good news. The bad news is that yeah, our opinions aren't being reflected. Hopefully they'll co- mainstream media can start coming to KBLA Talk fifteen eighty and we because black folks answer when we call yay. Um, but the other thing is like it's good news because we know that the polling is going to skew um, conservative. It's yeah. going to skew anti-black, and that might not reflect. I remember you know election after election, I've said it's the unlikely voters that really are important. We always talk to likely voters, but it's when the unlikely voters, many of them young people, black people show up, that things change. That's how George Gascon got elected, unlikely voters. That's how that, that's how Eonisis Hernandez, um, to me, Hugo Soto Martinez, the kind of Nithya Raman for that matter, mm-hmm. the unlikely voters, young people. Um, <sighs> that's how Bernie Sanders won California. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right, right. And that's unpredictable, right? Right. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I think, you know, and, and, and to your point, we we have to make sure that um, that we are talking to folks. We got to make sure that we continue to get the message out that we keep our foot on the gas pedal, because the reality is, is that there are people um, that have a very uh, explicit interest in making sure that our communities are not that our voices are not heard and our interests are not met. And they also are the people who oftentimes control that control that that narrative. And so we have to kind of recognize the messenger um, and be able to just kind of ignore it and continue to just kind of do what we're supposed to do. So I do think that it's easy to, to hear, oh, well, such and such is not is not doing well. Oh, right. You know, the people say this. Oh, the people say that. And then we give up and don't vote. And we, that's ex- yeah. yeah. And that's why I hate when they call races early or they do this. Even the exit polling to me is sus because, you know, it can make people say, well, I was going to go vote for Congresswoman Barbara Lee, but they told me it was, you know, that it was a done deal. Um, or I was going to go, you know, no, you you know no we we have to vote um regardless because they be wrong a lot um talking with Shannon Lawrence and uh, we've got a lot to talk about it's KBLA 1580 say the quiet part out loud, out loud. KBLA talk 1580
We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. And by everybody, we mean you. 800-920-1580. Shannon Lawrence is uh, with me. He's a veteran political staffer. Um, he's worked with elected officials, worked in labor, all countless campaigns. And uh, you can find him online at inkwellcg.com. <clears throat> so... L.A. school board race has turned into quite a controversial one because, <clears throat> well, we're talking District 1. That's the main one I'm focused on, although there's been some controversy in another race as well, um, because one of our school board um, candidates, Khalid Alalim, he's running for District 1 to replace George McKenna and, and actually had the support of a number of progressives. Um, got in trouble for what he was doing on social media, liking posts that glorify guns, liking pornography posts allegedly, and um, liking a a post that was deemed anti-Semitic. What would you tell him if he was your client? And can 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 a black man? Can any candidate bounce back from that? Uh, well, one, this I think it's too close to election day <laughs> to bounce back. I think. One of the things that, uh, I mean, especially when like your number one supporter and, you know, in terms of the, the, the union pulls their endorsement back, ah, that's tough. Right. Um, you know, I, what I would tell him that he needs to uh, scrub his social medias before he runs for office. And I would give that advice to any candidate. You know, you go private, you, you know, you know, I see it a lot like, um, like being an athlete, right? Um, there's a reality that, you know, when we talk talk about in this world of NILs, um, w- one key component is your social media following, right? Um, you can have your personal Instagram, but you need one for you need one for your athletic career. And I would say the same for anyone who wants to mm, run for office. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you know you want to run for office, you know, you have to start sanitizing yourself now. Uh, because the reality is is that is that this notion of keeping it real <laughs> is also uh, very manufactured, um, you know, because you do want to be careful what you what you say to the world and what you don't say to the world and what you say to voters and what you don't say to voters, how you present yourself. It's really, really, really um, important to be conscious of that. Um, but I also think to your point earlier, um, Dominique, about uh, our community kind of waiting to the last minute going to the polls this is why, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you know, folks got their ballots two weeks ago. And, you know, one thing I think black folk that we have, a, you know, we don't want buyer's remorse. Right. We don't. I think one of the things that's clear to us is that we often don't get a lot of bites at the apple. So when we do bite it, we want to make sure it's a good bite. We want to make sure that it's, it's tasty, it's sweet and that we don't regret it. Um, and so, you know, imagine. And so, you know, you know. In years past, when it was only one day to go vote, you know, candidates had to campaign and and be conscious about their campaigning up until Election Day. Now, you know, if someone could have voted two weeks ago, now they're like, oh, my goodness, I wish I hadn't voted for that person. Yeah. I mean, and and if enough votes are are in, I mean, conceivably, he could get into the runoff, right? Right. I mean, and, you know, and voter education. Even if you've sent your ballot in, you can still go to a vote center and do a provisional ballot, and it could cancel out the one that you mailed in. But that's just a lot of work to have to do. I didn't don't know that. Do. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. You could actually get a do-over mm-hmm. if you have. 
I mean, it's not advertised. We don't don't do that if you don't have to. Yeah. But you know, do the work, do your research so you can cast your ballot once. But mistakes do happen. And right. you know, the one thing that you the one thing in a democratic process you don't want to have happen is you don't want people to feel like their that their voice is not heard the way that, that they want it to be heard. Yeah, I think that's right. Um but yeah, it, it's it just throws everything topsy turvy, I believe. Um, we usually st- stick local here, um, but when we come forward, I do want to get your thoughts uh, about the primary on yesterday in Michigan. Um, Trump and Biden both won, but I, there's probably some some important messages in between that headline. We'll look at that when we come forward. KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come when we forward. Come forward. Includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. 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 This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. I mean, you know, act locally, think globally, right? Well, right. so I guess the national election is, an, it is a local election, even though it was in Michigan. Um, President Biden got 80% of the vote, um, and, and, and uh, President former President Trump easily winning his primary there. Um, Those uncommitted voters, the people protesting the president's failure to call for a ceasefire in Gaza was at 13%. What does that mean to you? I think uh, I think people are making their voices heard through this election process in unconventional ways. And I think that that's a good thing, I think. But it also gives, believe it or not, I think it also gives President Biden the political cover to begin to take more progressive stances because he can say this is what the people want. Right. Um, How soon he does that, I don't know. But also but, you know, the silver lining in that is that, you know, I think when we elect people, we elect them to represent us. And I don't think we should ever assume that just because we elected them, that we don't hold them accountable. Right. Um, and that we don't remind them of mm. what of what we think on certain issues. That's why it's important. Make your voice heard through a vote, you know, write letters, show up to council meetings or, or whatever the case may be, because I think they do need to be. Um, remind it because if we don't remind them, then guess who will remind them? Lobbyists. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is, I like I said, uh, you know, off mic. If um, if the Green Party ever got thirteen percent, we'd be, you know, we'd be, it would be like a big, huge deal. It would be on every national news, right? right. Um, or if you know any third party candidate, Cornell West got thirteen percent. Oh my goodness, can you imagine the conversation? Yeah, and and he, can you imagine him on the debate stage? Right. <laughs> well, that would be something. That right there is enough to make me want to vote for him. Right. I mean, you know, not, not, but here's the thing: I do think that those opinions matter. Um, those perspectives matter in the in the in the in the public discourse in the conversation. I don't think it needs to be one sided. Um, you know, to your and to the point you made earlier. You know, the voices of Black folk when we actually are surveyed can be vastly different from that of mainstream America. And we have to make sure that those voices and those opinions are heard and that they are respected and that they are taken into consideration when public policy is being made. And the only way you do that is to continue to show up and protest. I mean, you know, I hate to say I told you so. Actually, I'm lying. I love to say I told (laughs) you so. But I I have 
you know, said that I think this, uh, the position that this administration has taken on Gaza and Israel could cost Biden this election. I, I really think that. Yeah. Well, let me just say this, though. Who who would have thought that Richard Pryor and Bruce's millions would be so prophetic? And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but uh, you know, you're right. I, I, I don't know if it will cost them the election just because, um, you know, on the Democratic side, there's there's no real competition. Um, and I think once we get into the... the well, the, I'm, I'm talking about once we get to the general election. Well, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I can't see Haley or Donald Trump calling for an immediate ceasefire. I mean, not... <laughs> Good point. <laughs> they know. won't. They won't. But what, I, you know, people may do that uncommitted thing. I mean, or they may decide not to vote at all. And on the top of the ticket, at least... A small margin, it looks like from the polling at least, could make the difference here. Yeah, and I think the other part that I think is important to remember is that that small part, unfortunately, is is not here in California. It's going to be in right. some other places right. around the, around the country. And I think as as we realize what those purple or those those battleground cities are, those battleground counties, those battleground states. Uh, Go through your family reunion uh, uh, directory, and if you got family in those cities and counties, please call them and tell them to do the right thing. Georgia, <laughs> on my mind, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's really that Florida, I mean, right? Yeah, and, and it's really that that important. Yeah, that 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 we, especially for our community, for Black folk, we have to get back to who we are, and that is where we used to, you know, invite folks to our house and, and be communal and. And all of that stuff and, and talk to people. We got to get back to that. If, you know, we can't just assume that because I put it on my Facebook page that cousin, cousin Larry saw it. Saw, yeah, it's a great point. Shannon Lawrence, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate the conversation always. No, thank you so much. I always enjoy it as well. All right. It's Wealth Building Wednesday and we're taking your phone calls. All that straight ahead on KBLA Talk 1580.